Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to the Tech Cat Show. We have a very exciting show today with Tracy Dean Ponder, who is the founder of a wonderful organization called BSTEM Project. And we're going to get right into that in a moment. But what I love about Tracy and what she's doing is that there's nothing more exciting than education and encouraging young minds to grow and helping um, young minds wrap their heads around the opportunities with technology, as we so often talk about here on the Tech Cat Show. Um, And so it's very exciting. Um, We're going to bring in Tracy, who is who we were just talking about is the youngest of 11 children. So we're going to get into that because that fascinates me. But um, if many of you may have heard of STEAM or STEM, so I'm going to actually let Tracy get into it and explain it. But let's have a big Tech Cat welcome for Tracy Dean Ponder. All right, everybody, calm down. Calm down, everybody. All right, sit down. Come on, cut it out. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lori, for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today, and hopefully, you know, we have some good stuff to talk about. Well, um, tell us first just all about what you're doing and how you came to take on this great project, and then I'd love to define STEM and STEAM for everybody because it's um, it's definitely something people have heard of, but I don't know that everybody really understands what okay. it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So um, STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. And when you throw the A in there for STEAM, it's the arts aspect. And so what we do with B STEM project, our B is for business, and the STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, we create programming, immersive programming for young girls and women. That's our primary focus um, in STEM across industries, but it does include for us arts as well. That's why we say across industries because there's a little STEM or some of STEM or a lot of it in pretty much every industry, and we will probably talk a little bit about that. So whether it's fashion, entertainment, computer science, whether we're getting into the heavy coding or aerospace or automotive, Whatever industry, we try to create these programs along with companies and organizations in order to just expose our youth to these particular industries and not only just to say, oh, wow, this is great, but to actually physically have them engaged in learning and growing and at least, you know, getting an idea of what it's about. They may not want to go into these areas, but they may just find their niche. And so that's our hope. So it's really a lot about the exposure and just getting them engaged. Why, why doesn't that exposure, <laughs> excuse me, why doesn't that exposure just organically happen in our world? Like, why do we have to create STEM as a concept? I think that that's such an excellent question. And I believe that because a lot of times, and I, I don't know if you can identify, but I can as being kind of from Chicago and in the inner city, there were just a lot of things for us that we just did not get exposed to. Now, yeah, we might, you know, have fashion around us, but do we really understand the business aspect of fashion? How does it get to us? How do we as a consumer have it on our bodies? And who makes those clothes? And who distributes those clothes? How do they get into the malls or the stores and and so forth? So I think there's a lot of things that are every day for us and we're engaged every day. But do we really understand, like, from ideation to marketplace? What happened? How did that happen? And I think it's important to to show you that because, really, that's a lot where the, the, the money comes in as far as, you know, careers and pathways and also ingenuity and as well as creativity and all of those things. So if you kind of don't know, you just know the end game, you're just kind of participating like a consumer and you're a spectator, but you're not really in the game. And so I think that what we want to do is say, hey, you do these things every day or you interact with these things every day, but do you understand how it really happens, if that makes sense? And I was going to ask you, is this, is this because you're, you're the reason for you doing this and really creating this opportunity, is that because you came from a big family and you saw the, the need for this within your own family? Like what, what lit it up for you? 
personally? Right. That's a great question. I think part of it is definitely like a huge part of it is foundational, right? Growing up in a big family and education being core. You know, I went to um, New York University undergrad. I went to DePaul University graduate and I studied film at UCLA and I was the last to go to college, the last to go to grad school in my family, which is not necessarily common. Of course, other families have that as well. So education was so core. And I think then as I got more into my career and and start working with organizations like Women in Technology International, also known as WITI, I started to see like, wow, this technology thing is really important and we really have to participate in this. And that really kind of ignited more passion in me to really reach back and hopefully just impart some of this knowledge and inspiration and insight to the younger generation. Oh, I, lo- I love that. And your background is what? Is that you were, because I see you were a producer, you worked for Warner Brothers, Lifetime, Harpo, Fox, and BET. So you were um, involved in the entertainment industry and, and then you yeah. decided to sort of take some take some of this in that direction? Yeah, I know. It's really kind of, honestly, it's just one of those things that I was led to. You know, people sometimes say, oh, yeah, I was going to do this, and I knew I was going to do that, and I knew I was going to do this. But I actually, I'm like, really, it's like, STEM? Okay. But I did like chemistry, but I really wasn't like that STEM person, per se, when it came to academics. But when I went into, um, I came to Los Angeles from Chicago, it was more about entertainment, and I was very invested in that. And, of course, there's technology in that. There's math and all of those things, because as a producer, you're doing, you're engaged in all of those aspects. But it's just not quite the same, but although it kind of just led me into this path and then realizing how women were not as prevalent or working in high levels within the entertainment industry, so I became very interested in women empowerment, women issues, um, diversity, education, and all of those areas. And I think in that kind of led me to, as I mentioned, Women in Technology International and kind of bonding with other women and entrepreneurs. And then finally, BSTEM just, you know, was born through all of that connectivity and all of the passion that I had about kind of getting women out there. Oh, God, I love that. I mean, um, part of, uh, you know, one of my goals in life um, for the industry work I do is always putting women on um, women on panels and getting them exposure for the different work that they do. Yes, and I've often absolutely. found that women don't want to um, don't want to speak um, publicly unless they have every answer to every question already planned because they don't like to be unprepared. Yes. Um, yes. And it makes it makes them not want to to get out there. And so part of my goal is to sort of help women chillax a little bit about that perfection right. idea that we've all been raised with. Do you find that to be sort of a challenge in the world? You know, I love that because you know, just as I was saying earlier, I don't really come. You know, when you talk about STEM, a lot of times when I'm on panels, you know, I'm talking to engineers. You know, people who studied, you know, they have their PhDs and even if it's anthropology, but just at a high level or they really kind of are heavy into the coding or development in all of those areas. And you might say, well, you know, I came from entertainment, you know, why am I on this panel? But what you're so correct, you got you have to get over the idea that, you know, it comes in one form, whatever that is, and that it sounds like one thing, whatever that should be. And that your answers need to be in alignment with what everyone else is saying. And what I find actually is not having necessarily all the answers that are expected. People tend to come up to me and say afterwards, like, wow, you bought a new perspective, a fresh perspective. And I'm not really heavy into coding or I'm not really heavy into a certain aspect, but I love marketing or advertising or business. Because a lot of times when you have STEM panels or things that are very STEM specific, it gets very computer science oriented. It gets very heavy and it leaves a lot of other people out of the conversation. And so I'm excited because even though I may not have certain expertise, the expertise that I do have lends a lot to the conversation and it broadens it, it opens it up and it allows others to participate in ways that maybe they thought that they couldn't. And so I think it is important to, to just be present and learn and grow and share what knowledge you do have. I, I love that. Um, so we're, we're going to take a break in a moment. But when we come back, I want to get a little bit more into really 
BSTEM project's sort of main focus, which is really okay. to, to create opportunities for this next generation of women to dive into, into um, STEM. Um, and by the way, just with the STEM and STEAM difference, is there a way that you're not B-STEAM? Uh, is there a reason why you took the arts out of the equation? Or is it already always no, wrapped in anyway? Really. Yeah, okay. no, no real reason. Um, yeah, because I know that always comes up with folks, but it, to me, just as long as we're addressing these issues, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't care absolutely. how many letters you use. And, there, and there's STEM in everything, you know, so we cover the arts and we don't necessarily need to say STEAM, but, you know, I understand how people feel like they need that to kind of understand automatically that, oh, okay, arts is included, but it's included for sure. Well, great. Well, we're going to be back in a moment, and we're going to get into how BSTEM Project is actually providing programming um, in, in various industries and sort of stirring up career paths um, for, for these women to really jump into science, technology, engineering, and math. So we're going to be back in a moment with the fabulous Tracy Dean Ponder, an entrepreneur who has started a fabulous organization uh, called BSTEM Project. Um, so we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back on the Tech Cat Show with the fabulous Tracy Dean Ponder, who is the founder and CEO of the BSTEM Project, which is an organization that helps girls engage and learn and grow in business and in STEM disciplines across industries. So tell us, Tracy, what are some of the programs that you're driving inside of, inside of BSTEM? Yes, I'm so excited about it, too. And so, like, we just talked early about the whole STEAM, STEM, you know, different um, Again, we do things all across industries, and so one of the things we have going on now, the programs, is Hall of Fame Films Initiative, which is um, celebrating female content creators and spotlighting women leading in tech and innovation in short films. And so the women are right now presently starting to work on their films, and then we have the competition, and we also create a platform for not only the talent to be seen and their projects to be viewed, but we also have tangible viable things that are career pathways. So we have um, executives who take pitches and do mentoring to for our female content creators, which is another way for them to kind of get another leg up um, within the industry. So that's one thing. And then another thing we have on the horizon is our We Hack 2 11 City Hackathon powered by Microsoft, and we're very excited about that. So we'll be in 11 cities on the same day. And our hackathons are a little different because a lot of hackathons are about kind of people getting together. They're coding apps and just software and things like that. But ours is more of a business incubator. So we take 
um, that product from idea to the marketplace and we go through the whole product ecosystem with them from marketing, advertising, finance, and all of that. And in everything we do, we always, always try to have that business aspect so that they don't just walk away with, okay, I learned the skill, but I also know a lot more about how everything works together in order for me to do this particular part. And so those are a couple of the things that we're doing, but we have many um, programs on the horizon with the Samsung and Google and Ameris Corporation, and we work with YouTube. So we partner with these corporations. We create these immersive experiences and hopefully opportunities that go beyond the experience in order to get have these young girls and women get a leg up and just to reach further into what their interests are and hopefully to cultivate that talent a little bit more. So when you get these large corporations involved, like how hard is that? Are they, and how are they finding out about it? Like, are you going out like in typical sort of social good scenarios to engage them? Or are you finding that um, a lot of these corporations now understand that social good is a part of sort of, the millennial gestalt and they need to find ways to engage in their community. Laurie, don't get me started. This is a place <laughs> where this is like my passion point. And we need a, we need a segment, like a whole show just on sponsorship procurement. I promise you. And I say that because although you might think that a lot of the companies have their mindset or their, their mission set and it's integral to the mission of the company, it's still a very arduous road. It's very, very difficult. And, of course, there's a lot of other organizations out there, and you're, you're going to this pot of money, right? And so what we find that a lot of the companies, which we understand back maybe like the Boys and Girls Club, the Girl Scouts, you know, those with a really long historic kind of track record, right? So when you're kind of coming in and you're new, it's, it's a show and prove, which makes sense. But it's also, you know, you need the support in order to kind of get to the to the next level. So it's kind of the chicken and the egg. So you luckily you have enough people who believe and trust in what you're doing, and then you start to build the proof behind that, and then you be able to showcase that, and then go to other companies. So it is a very painstaking and slow process, joyous <laughs> when it happens, and you're able to see the fruits of the labor, and the young people are just so entrenched in it and they're having such a great time and you just get the emails and you get all the love from what they've been able to experience. But it's a very difficult aspect of what we do, but we have to do it right. We either do grants, so we have to run on sponsorship and all of our programs are free. And we do that because a lot of the STEM robotics and all of these programs, you, you, you kind of look at them, they're like some thousands of dollars you know, some hundreds of dollars. So then you start cutting off the diversity piece, right, which is what we call the diversity within the diversity. So it's about women, young girls, and women, but then it's about young girls and women of color. So then how do we reach them as well and in equal kind of the playing field? So because we have all free programming, that also is a challenge for us to continue to do that, but we're, we're dedicated and committed to doing that because that's really sort of kind of why we got into this whole thing in the first place is to make sure we expose as many people as possible, young talent to this field of STEM and across industries. So how do you determine what programs to light up and when, and then what cities to hit them in? I mean, I'm I'm assuming you have a, a business plan for all of this, but there's so many cities in need, you know, and so many um, girls. So so, um, it's, so it's kind of daunting. So how, how are you thinking about this in terms of the rollout? It is, it is daunting. Um, And you know, but you know that each time you do something, you know that it's making an impact. And even if you don't like physically or visibly see it, you just know that you're, as long as you kind of do your part and the kids are there and they engage, you kind of see it to some aspect. But what we do, we actually have to say like, okay, if we talk to, let's say hypothetically Microsoft, we have to research the company. What are their interests? What's their mission? What are they dedicated to? What have they contributed to in the past? What are they looking forward in the future? And we kind of make an assessment based on that. Now we develop our own programming. So we'll look at that and say, well, what is they, what do they already do or are committed to? What's their mission, their values, and does this match their core values? 
And then we connect with them and say, hey, this is something that we have. What do you think about it? And they may say, oh, we love that. And so for a great example is this because the business incubators is a little different because Microsoft is dedicated to the business entrepreneurial aspect. And even though they're tech and they're into hackathons, they haven't really gotten into that as much as they would like. And so we saw that niche and say, hey, we want to do incubators in the stores as opposed to just have everyone come in and just do coding. So, you know, you have to find kind of that match and where you can leverage the uniqueness of what you're doing. And then hopefully that resonates and they go fabulous. And then when you talk about going nationwide, we're in 11 cities with that, but sometimes we're only in one city. And we get so many emails about when you're going to have a program here and when are you going to have a program in Seattle. So it is really hard and we feel like, oh, my goodness, everybody's looking for something and they're looking for something that they can afford to do. Um, and they may have several children within one family who needs, you know, that type of programming or education reinforcement. So it's very challenging. So we just keep going out there looking for the dollars, and hopefully, you know, the more we do and the more kind of proof of concepts and the more people we touch that we can galvanize around that. Oh, I, I love that too. You're you're using a strategery <laughs> to to do it because I, I I know that the Samsungs and the Microsofts um, and all those guys are looking to engage with these audiences because they also recognize that they have to build, you know, create ambassadors to their brand and those demographics. Yeah. Um, and also there is the social good halo from a press release like like that. You know, people love when they hear about a big corporation doing doing something great. It's almost right. a pity that, that, you know, there isn't like an open marketplace where you can like share all the different things that you're offering. So all these large corporations could jump in and just write you amazing checks, you know. Uh, that, that, you know what? From your mouth to God's ear, I wish that was the case. But, you know, also, too, as you know, it's, it's relationship, you know. Um, it's still the traditional thing of even if you're doing something amazing, even if you have the proof of it, it's still about getting to know the players, right, who's in charge of the budget, getting there on time, knowing what their, um, you know, kind of their season is, you know, when are they giving out their sponsorship, when are they considering. So it really a lot goes into it. I mean, it's really a full-time job within itself, and, you know, luckily, we, we have connected with a lot of professionals, and every time we do, they're so amazing. They donate their time, but they also say, you know what, I know someone who works at LinkedIn. I know someone who works at Apple. And even if that is not the connection, sometimes it, it you know, bears different types of fruit in other ways, but it's always amazing. And so we just keep getting plugged in and plugged in, and eventually you kind of find your way and you build that relationship where they see what you're doing and automatically they're like, we love it. We want to invest in that. So it, it's difficult, but it happens, and obviously we're doing it, but we definitely need to do more of it, and how do we do that? And we just think that that's by expanding our network and being on shows like this, talking about it, people hearing about us, and hopefully going to our website and going, oh, my God, this is amazing. I love what they do. How can I get involved? And so that's, that's the hope, you know. And you, you work with what you call your BSTEM project ambassadors who are, are mentors that you've engaged to help participate in all of this. How does, how does that work? Yeah, so what happened is that we, whenever we work with a company, we definitely ask the company if they not only give dollars or technology or whatever, if they can get their, um, you know, the company, the talent engaged. And because, as you said earlier, a lot of them have now really committed to that, even as much as giving the organization money for the amount of hours that their talent participates. So some of them are really organically invested in those types of things. And so we're able to get um, volunteers from that, but also through our network. So we have an advisory board. And just how I met you through Greg Kahn, you know, he was like, oh, you got to meet Lori. So it's just that, you know, that kind of connection and people always kind of thinking of us and evangelizing us um, in their circle. And there's nothing better than that. Because even if who they connect us with, that we don't get that sponsorship or that partnership, 
we still just made another connection and it always is fruitful in some way and we just have to find out what's the synergy and then also continue to build the relationship and not kind of let it go to the wayside. So it, it's a lot of work, but it's worth the investment because, you know, a lot of brilliant people are investing their time and they really have a heart for it, which is amazing. And so we love that because they bring that great energy and insight and expertise and they just pour out themselves. And that's all we can ask for. Yeah, and I know so many of us who are deep inside of our careers are looking for ways to give back that right. aren't too stressful or hard, but, you know, just give me this thing I'm supposed to do and I want to do it, but don't make it too hard, you know. And so this, this <laughs> exactly. you, and I don't mean the actual work too hard. I mean, figuring out what should I do. And so you're really giving yeah. me. An, an easy way to plug in and, and, and do some good. So we're going to take another break, but when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about, because you're dealing with technology and engineering and all of this, are there some tech trends that you see bubbling up that you think are interesting that you're seeing a lot of these corporations and your kids, you know, really need to learn and how do you think it'll impact, you know, our li- our, our lives and what are some of the the big technology trends around uh, um, STEM these days. Um, So we're going to be back in a moment with the fabulous Tracy from BSTEM Project talking more about educating our youth, getting them involved in STEM and and really um, making the world a better place. Right, Tracy? That's right. Yes, indeed. So we're going to be back in a moment with the fabulous Tracy Dean Ponder, an entrepreneur who has started a fabulous organization uh, called BSTEM Project. Um, So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hello, and we are back with the fabulous Tracy Dean Ponder of BSTEM Project, just really getting into the nitty-gritty about engaging our youth in science, technology, engineering, and math through her special company, um, BSTEM Project. So what, what are some of the tech trends that you're seeing that in many ways we are sort of trying to train our youth so that they have careers and engagement and, and a future in this globally competitive world? Are, are there any that you're seeing bubbling up that you feel um, in, in, the, in the world purview that you have with what you're doing that we need to make sure our kids really understand? Yeah, I see a lot of things, um, especially like robotics is, is huge and STEM toys is a lot on the rise, especially with young girls and STEM education technology. Um, my thing is that, you know, just to kind of go back to our conversation when we were talking about diversity, a lot of these things cost, right? And I think that there is an economic um, divide when you're talking about a lot of things that are trending and on the rise and such a, a, a segment of youth are able to utilize these things. So we're leaving a lot of youth behind too. So uh, I would love to see how can we get more of the STEM toys and STEM education technology to youth, particularly in inner cities, um, in areas where they may not have access. I've even gone to some STEM schools and they don't even have 
they probably have 30 computers for the whole school and they have it on a cart and they carry that cart around and they have to check it out like in the library. So things like that, you know, the hours and hours and hours these kids might be missing compared to a school that's fully equipped, let's say, with all of these fabulous things and they have robotics teachers or, you know, teachers who understand at least the, the concept of robotics and may um, actually get in STEM education technology into the schools and what does that take. And a lot of it I know is a, it's a process and there's a lot of things with the school system from state to state, but how do you get all of these awesome things into the schools and how do you get them in a way where all of the youth are participating on a more regular basis so they're not losing all of the hours and falling behind on not being able to engage in all of these amazing things that are trending. So, um, you know, it's really a passion for us to figure out not only what's trending, but how do we get these things that are trending into the hands of youth all over the nation. And, and sort of operationalized, right? Not just one-offs is what you were saying. because uh, Exactly. I know for, for my daughter's school, it's a little private school, but, you know, everything that they do, you have, they have to raise money for. And so we raised money to build a little innovations lab um, so that they could look at robotics and uh, 3D printing and, you know, exactly. all, all, of that, all of that stuff. But so much of that has to be, um, there are so many labs that were thrown up back in the day that weren't plugged into weren't plugged into programs. So you're really talking about there are programs that if we plug into, they will actually lead to lessons as opposed to go and print something on a 3D printer and hope that you remember why you're doing that. <laughs> no, exactly. And you're talking about a private school. So imagine about if you guys are raising money. So imagine what where the other schools fall. And that's totally correct. I mean, obviously, because our organization is about access and exposure and we can't stay in a city and keep giving programming program at this juncture, but there are all types of other organizations. But even with those organizations, and I say my sister organizations, they are still lacking in resources. So there's a, there's a great dearth of, they just, it's a great need. So we have a lot of desert places when it comes to technology. You think it's so booming because we're talking about it. We're here talking about it. We see it everywhere, but only a, a certain percentage of the population is really participating at its fullest in this kind of technological um, evolution. And that's the thing we have to really look at because when you talk about STEM jobs and preparation and all of the things that we're reading in these studies and, and um, the hidden STEM economy and all of these papers, it's like, are we really effectuating change? Even though on the surface, it seems like technology is such the boom in every area but is it trickling down and are the organizations equipped enough in order to help, you know, offset what the schools cannot afford to do or not able to do or not um, educated enough to, to provide within the school system. So there's a lot of inner working things that are happening that we need to kind of address and look at and know that it's not all like amazing and everybody's, you know, engaged and growing we need to figure out some solutions to some of these things that are very critical for our future. <clears throat> Again, I love everything that you just <laughs> you just said. Now, in besides robotics, are there other other um, areas? Has VR and AR come up a lot in in education? Yeah, absolutely. Virtual reality, augmented reality. That's also a big thing. Um, they're they're having a lot of more competitions in those areas, as, as well as obviously robotic competitions. But yeah, absolutely, those things are huge. But even like that experience bringing that to kids, but not only just the experience, but how they create that is so amazing and getting more young people tapped in to, to development in those areas would be fascinating. And we haven't yet done um, an augmented or virtual reality program, but we're talking to a few people, but you know, we can do what only what we can do, but it's like, how do we keep them? Like you said, don't just print it and then say, oh, that was cool. I printed something 3D, but what does that mean? You know, and how do you continue to um, hone those skills and develop actually like a craft? Yeah, that's another really good point. Now, is a lot of um, 
some of the training that you're doing basically based in coding because coding is the new sort of foreign language. So is that something that at a basic level you're making sure is communicated across the board everywhere? Yeah, well, I mean, we are doing coding, but like I mentioned earlier, we know that every um, student is not necessarily interested coding, right? It doesn't mean that you don't want to show them about different languages in which they can code in, but it just means you lose a lot of kids because that's not their thing. So our mantra is not just about, okay, sit, code, 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 code. It's about the whole product ecosystem, right? And there's so many jobs and so many skill levels and so many things that you can do from taking a product from an idea to the marketplace. And everybody can participate and you don't have to feel because like coding's not my thing or I may not understand it. Even if I do have a workshop or two or even if I take it in school, I feel like it's not my thing. So I feel like I'm not participating. And actually, I was just reading, which is really interesting. It's like half of the high tech jobs um, held are without like bachelor degrees. So there's so many jobs out there that are not even about coding. I mean, it's STEM related, but it's not necessarily just coding. So, you know, whether it's manufacturing, being a nurse, plumbing, you know, whatever, computer system analyst, there's so many things that, you know, we kind of have a a misconception of what STEM jobs are and what's out there. And a lot of these people are making a base of $43,000 a year, which is not bad at all, you know. So we have to make sure that we even understand as educators that there's so many ways to get involved in the STEM economy and to have a thriving career um, and occupation. And so that's really important as well. Yeah, I, I think um, the, the broadness of it all and how it impacts everything is a good point. So for me, raising a, a seven-year-old girl right now, one of the things I'm always doing is like buying these STEM toys that you were mentioning, um, like in particular Osmo, um, where, where she's playing with... Um, physical and digital toys all together. Um, right. Or Dot and Dash, which is by, um, uh, I think it's uh, Think Wonder, Wonder, I forget the name of the company, but it's robots that you program using your iPad, and it's all like mm-hmm. cause, and, cause and effect. But then I worry that she's doing too much of that stuff. And, and so how do you find that, you know, as a parent and as an educator, that fine line between like, oh my God, all they're doing is playing Minecraft, but it's the right. it's it's the core to our future, and we want to be competitive. You know what I mean. So I'm always thinking she's got to learn this stuff, but at the same time, how do I yank her away from the screen? And so you know, how do you determine that balance? Yeah, and I think that's a hard question. But everything in moderation, everything has to have balance because then you have these young people when you, and especially because we have interns, they can't communicate. They have no communication skills. So that's why we talk about so many things, and that's why we say beef them. We go back to the business because you got to understand it's not just about sitting at a computer or sitting wherever you're going to sit and getting a job done, right? You have to deal and contend with so many different things, teamwork, you know, discipline of making sure you get the work done, um, having kind of self-esteem, being able to communicate, um, troubleshooting, being able to talk with your peers and also being able to lead. So how do you do these things? And if we just kind of are so focused on technology, technology, we do start to get these young people who they may be skilled at something, but they're lacking so many other things that are just really just like invaluable um, in order to get really a job done. Because if you can't connect with people, you can't communicate, you can't, really kind of, then how do you create product for people? How do you get the end game correct? Because now you don't even engage. And then does it make for for a happy person? In general, we have to find balance in everything. So I just say, you know, we push our kids. And that's why I think the STEAM thing came about because a lot of people were leaving out the arts. Um, but I think that, again, even in, in arts, there's some STEM in there. So you have to make sure that they're out there playing, getting exercise, as well as learning as much as possible um, as far as STEM or STEAM is concerned, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, it's it's um, that book, The Whole Brain Child. It's like, you know, these kids have to have to have the computer skills, but also still have to be getting exercise, but also still have to, you know, be in, you know, a musical and learn guitar Absolutely. and, you know, and, and eat bad, bad food and sort of be humans, you know, which is why we're all struggling right now with our, you know, public education systems where they've decided to pluck out you know, these masterful categories of uh, learning that are, feed our humanity, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And if we lose that, nothing else really matters because then how do we direct technology? How do we really, you know, is it about just the economy or money? Or are we really looking at people and are we about making lives better and utilizing that technology to enhance lives as opposed to take over, you know, our lives? And that's really an important thing to kind of, you know, always be caught, you know, cognizant of. Well, we're going to take one more break. And when I come back, I want to find out what's next for um, BSTEM and um, what upcoming events you have and um, what should we be looking out for on the horizon um, and how, how sponsors can connect back with you because what you're doing is so important. So we're going to be back in a moment with the fabulous Tracy Dean Ponder, who um, who's running BSTEM Project and who's the youngest of 11 children. I just can't get over that. The youngest of 11 children. Um, and is just the most focused person I've talked to in, in a long time, a real powerhouse. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. All right, fabulous people. We are back for our last segment talking to the fabulous Tracy Dean Ponder, who is the CEO and founder of a wonderful organization called BSTAM Project, which is all about helping girls engage and learn and grow in business around science, technology, engineering, and math disciplines. And so, Tracy, what's next for BSTAM? What projects are bubbling up next? Right, yeah. So we have a lot of cool things, but I'll just share just a couple. Um, one of the things that we decided to do is start partnering with organizations like the Boys and Girls Clubs and the YMCAs because what we found is that they would actually, they found us and they call us and say, hey, we want to kind of do more STEM programming. We want to um, increase our tech literacy. So even those organizations are kind of struggling with the evolution of technology and in how do they service their communities. And so what we did, this is our first time, and it's going to be um, done in, um, in either this month or next month, but with the container store, we basically say we're flipping um, tech spaces. We're flipping spaces into tech spaces. And they come in, we redesign, we paint, we do everything. We get donated technology, and we create what we call tech innovation villages. And 
basically just pulling the resources of the community together to help those who are already there. So it's like, let's not always reinvent the wheel because it's not really about that. But how can we pull our resources together to help other organizations enhance or increase or expand their programmatic reach within their community? And so that's one way in which we kind of understand that it's important to collaborate and come together. And a lot of times people think like, well, there's so many STEM organizations or there's so there's STEM, 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 STEM. So it's really about just understanding that even with as many STEM organizations that there are out there, there's still such a need. There's such a huge need um, for us to continue to do it. So we actually can use more and more, but it's just about how you kind of creatively collaborate with other organizations to make sure that you are not duplicating um, the work efforts or the dollars, but that you're, um, you know, adding to that experience. So that's one of the things we're doing, and that includes boys and girls, um, of course, because a lot of them services both boys and girls. And then another thing that we're doing uh, with Samsung and with Google as we're talking about digital content, and we're excited about that because a lot of times, too, our young people, just they just put things out there. They don't even really think about it. They don't really understand it. So we want to talk to them about that and then the impact that their content has. Now you can put it out anywhere, and you can have 10 million views in, like, a, you know, in five minutes or whatever. So what are you putting out there into the universe? Um, think about it. And then how can what you put out there be more useful? And then also, how can you monetize content, which is also important from a business perspective? And, and really getting these young people to think about it, like little entrepreneurs, whether they go into a corporation or not, but just having them think about things from a broader perspective. So we're really excited about that. And we just have so many other things across the nation that we're doing. We're actually also doing something in Toronto and we're talking about um, an exchange program, a tech culture explorer program with China. So we really are exploring a lot of things. Again, they all take sponsorship dollars. It all takes resources. So our hope is that the more we get out there, the more we share, the more we do, the more excellence we put forth, then the organizations and companies and individuals who hear about us and, and, and see what we can do would then, you know, champion and evangelize us to within their company and hopefully we can form more partnerships and do more for, for our youth. Um, you know, every time you talk, I'm like, I want to be you when I grow up because <laughs> you're just doing such important work. And, and so this, this is a, this is a global play in the end, right? I mean, are there, absolutely. so, so absolutely. are you opening up like offices in other regions or does it work like a franchise almost or how, how does how are you going to like sort of yeah, uh, so, globalize so this? The end game is that we actually are still thinking about this because we're really more going online and want to kind of, you know, hit like mobile. A lot of kids are on their mobiles and things like that. We're thinking a lot about that since, you know, especially because, you know, the connectivity of things and being able to people to be able to learn um, online, definitely with that. And then partnering with organizations that already have tech spaces and tech labs and things. We just don't want to spend money reinventing the wheel. We want to see kind of where's the need and how can we help bolster uh, the resources and be a contribution more so than come in and say, we just want B-STEM labs all over the country because that's not really our mindset. So, you know, we're still exploring the best ways, but right now we feel like it's about partnering, providing our own, which we do, original programming, and taking that programming into organizations that already exist and then helping them also through what we have to offer. And so for us right now, that's the smartest and the most uh, economical thing to do with our resources. Uh, I um I, I think that you have a big a big vision ahead of you, but it's a it's it's a solid vision for for what needs to happen here. Especially because really, there's nothing you can do anymore that isn't inherently global. Um, you know right. what I mean? Like it, it's all That's global. Right. And, you know, China is a big part of our future and things going on in Europe and Asia, other parts of the world. So you almost have to approach this instantly as if, you know, you were a global organization because technology is so global. Absolutely. And you have to express this to the youth today because a lot of them are in their own little silos, their own little communities. They can't even get their mind around sometimes going from downtown to uptown, you know. 
So if we can start to even getting our youth thinking globally, we even do Skyping in our events internationally with international students and just getting them trained, getting their minds trained in that way because that's the, that's the world we live in. And you might think because they're on technology all the time that automatically that translates, but it doesn't. You still have to educate, you have to teach, you have to instruct. Because just because you have a phone or you have a tablet or you can get on the Internet doesn't mean that the education piece is working, right? So, right, you know, right, right. You're just tweeting, you're just um, Instagramming, and it has, you know, it has no really kind of relevance or foundation to it. So how do we take your creativity, your ideas, your thoughts, your expressions, your inner self, and how can you maximize that? into something tangible, like how can you get your genius out into the world and really make an invaluable impact in your lifetime. And so hopefully that's what we were imparting to these young people, even if we just have one day with them or two hours, what can we give to them until hopefully we meet again, you know, and that's, and that's the goal. Right. And, and that's operational. That has legs. That's something that, you know, can yeah. grow and evolve as, as opposed to, I'm just going to take this class and get excited. And then what do I do next? You know, right. this has to be right. like built into, into our world. Um, so, so what would you like the audience to know? Like, where can they connect with, with BSTEM project? Absolutely. You can find us online at bstemproject.org. Um, and we're at BSTEM Project on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find us on LinkedIn. And we love it when professionals um, connect with us, and you can do all of that online. It's very easy to contact us. It's not a mystery when you get online. You're like, where do I go? It's very easy. And you can, you can join us just by following us, and you may have some ideas you want to share. You can contact us just to mentor or to instruct. Or you can, of course, sponsor, which we love. And you can even donate as an individual um, to our organization. So all of those things are very helpful to help us keep doing what we do. That's fantastic. And <laughs> excuse me. Oh, my God, my spilkes. Um, <laughs> um, and what is, the, what is the average age for, for the students that you're helping? Yeah, well, the great thing is that we do programming from whether eight years old up into a career. So okay, we, great, we work great, with great. college women, high school, middle school, and it really is guided by sometimes what the corporations want to, what they're looking for and what age group and segment of the population and all of that good stuff. So that guides a lot of what we're able to do based on our partners. That's fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking to the fabulous Tracy Dean Ponder of the B-STEM Project and the B-STEM Project (laughs) Foundation. Um, And so please check out everything that she's doing online, figure out ways to get involved. It is so important uh, to to get our, our kids involved with technology and our young girls, especially right away. So we can, first of all, be a competitive nation, but also so they have solid futures in, in, um, in the world that is quickly changing. How are you going to make a living? Um, yeah. So, so Tracy, it's been so great to talk to you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Lori. This is Lori, your tech cat, and we will see you. I mean, hear you next week. Thanks again. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 